I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, former college professor turned manager in a large corporation turned entrepreneur. And not just any entrepreneur. I've made it my life's work to make organizational life more effective and fulfilling. So welcome to Working Conversations, the podcast where we digest and translate research and ideas on workplace dynamics and serve up to you the most interesting and actionable strategies to make your workplace conversations and your relationships more effective, productive, and influential. If you're looking for proven tools for your workplace toolbox, you're in the right place. Now, let's get after it. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Working Conversations podcast, where we talk all things leadership, business communication, and trends in organizational life. I'm your host, Dr. Janelle Anderson. I'm recording this episode in late November 2022, already thinking about the year to come. (laughs) Ah, a new year will be here soon. And if 2022 fell short for you in any way, never fear, 2023 is right around the corner. It's funny how we've been reacting to the new year approaching these past few years, which have been so disruptive and different from the couple of relatively stable decades that came before 2020. For many of us, 2020 was a bit of, or perhaps a major, dumpster fire. The pandemic, the civil unrest, the quest for justice, the wild swings in the unemployment rate, the disruption in the supply chain, and so much more it made a challenging year for most. The promise of 2021 was palpable. And then 2021 brought us more of 2020, just a little bit less severe. And the promise of 2022 came around. Many people were optimistic about 2022, if not a little bit skeptical. The lessons of 2022 are that change is going to keep happening. We need to be more adept at responding to and handling change. And by and large, we're getting there. When I think about the most popular programs that I delivered to my corporate training clients and the keynote speaking clients that I had this past year, they were about the personal effects of change. They were about being resilient in the face of change. They were about rebuilding relationships in a disconnected world. That organizations and associations are hungering for this content means that we're aware that these are life skills that our workplace and our whole lives are in need of. A few memorable moments from my work during the past year include teaching police officers about having a growth mindset, bringing the work of self-coaching into more organizations than I can count, and doubling down on rebuilding interpersonal relationships and leading teams in fields like energy, technology, and forestry and agriculture. Fields where people are quite often working on premises, but across multiple locations and having a hard time staying connected. As we look to 2023, I think that we will see more of that yearning for connection, the self-coaching, the growth mindset, more resilience building, more relationship rebuilding, and more of the interpersonal skills needed to function effectively together. So those are my prognostications and musings as the year begins to wind down. I'm a firm believer that it's never too early to start positively anticipating and actively planning the year to come. So in this episode, I'm going to share my planning process for the coming year with you. Now, if you've been around the podcast for a while, 
You may recall that I did something similar last year, getting a jumpstart on 2022. In that episode, episode 36, I shared an incredibly helpful coaching tool to help you envision and plan for what you want to create in your life. If you haven't already listened to that episode, or if you did and it was a while ago and you need a refresher, download that episode and listen to it in tandem to this one. It's a great compliment to this episode, but very different. I'll link it up in the show notes so that it's easy to find. This episode is very pragmatic, whereas that one might've been a little woo-woo. I'm going to give you some specific things to think about so that you can plan for 2023 with few or no surprises and for as many of your dreams to come true as possible. So here is my planning process. First and foremost, for me, it's my calendar. On my calendar goes, first of all, my personal time, vacations and the like. So I will look to my kids' spring break calendar, any days off school for long weekends or parent-teacher conferences or anything like that, any family vacations that we might be planning, and I'm going to put those in first. That is of paramount importance to me. I'm also going to look for any extended family events and milestones. So it could be minor ones like the first day of school or the last day of school, or more major ones like birthdays, family members' birthdays, especially if somebody is having a birthday that ends with a zero or a five, or perhaps a golden birthday. Those are all worth a little bit of extra celebration and might require additional planning or time off from work. Family reunions are another one. I've got the Anderson side of the family family reunion coming up. It's always the second weekend in August and always on odd years because we're odd. That's how I always remember it. These things go into the calendar, including placeholders in advance for shopping for gifts, sending cards to those who are far away, packing for trips and family vacations and camping and the like. Next, I plug in my professional development events. There are a couple of conferences that I go to every year for my own education. Now, whether or not I actually will attend in 2023, the dates are going in the calendar so that I don't sign a contract for a keynote speech during one of those events, especially in the case when a different date can be negotiated. And if a different date can't be negotiated and I choose to accept the speaking engagement, I'm doing it eyes wide open and with intentional choice. That way there is less likely to be a surprise or a disappointment when I see that I can't also attend something else that I enjoy. Next on my calendar, go wants of any sort. Now, this could be anything from my kids' sleepaway camp. That's a pretty good example. Those dates are already published by the camp, even though registration hasn't started. So those dates will go in my calendar so that I know which kid is at camp which week and we can schedule for family trips around it and I can schedule personal time, maybe some downtime for myself while they're away at camp. I'll also be putting in any weekends away, family vacations and the like, especially those summertime things that require a little bit more planning and flexibility from a work schedule standpoint. I'm also going to be looking for kids' band concerts or choir concerts or any other school events that they might be involved in. If I know the dates, of course, I'll plug those exact dates in the calendar. There might be anticipated sports or other events of theirs that I also want to attend. Again, if I have those dates, I plug them into the calendar. 
If I have plans for a girlfriend's getaway or a personal retreat or whatever I'm wanting, I'll pencil that in the calendar too. Now, the specific dates and locations might change, but at least I've got a holding place for those events. When I start with this as I plan the coming year, I feel like my priorities are straight. I'm essentially starting with myself and my family and making sure that there is room for us in the coming year, for making memories, for showing up for important events that are meaningful, and for really being present for the things that matter most. Next up, step two is the creation phase. With all the important personal and family events and constraints in the calendar, it's now time to dream. What do I want to create in my business for the coming year? If you're an entrepreneur like me, this is the time to dream and scheme and envision success in your business. If you work for someone else, this is also the time to dream and scheme and envision wild success in your career. What opportunities do you want to be ready for in the coming year? What are you ready to take on next? Is it more responsibility? perhaps promotion, or maybe different responsibilities? Is it time to take a lateral shift and perhaps move to a different organization altogether? And some of you might be thinking of a career change with much larger magnitude, stepping away from your recent career path and stepping toward a dream you've let languish. This dreaming and scheming phase, it also extends into your personal life, your hobbies, and your home world. Is 2023 the year that you purchase a new car, redecorate your living room, install a new kitchen, take up a new hobby because you're finally an empty nester, or do you create a health or fitness goal like enrolling in a yoga class or finding a pool to swim at during the winter months? This episode is made possible by Instacart. If you haven't already started using Instacart, now is the time, my friend. Now, I'm the first one to say that I actually enjoy a trip to the grocery store. I really do. But you know what I like doing even better? Making this podcast. When I was deep in the development of this podcast, outlining and recording the first few episodes, my kids reminded me that they needed to eat. Instacart to the rescue. In absolutely record time, Magnolia, my Instacart shopper that day, delivered chicken nuggets, milk, avocados, fresh berries, and a host of other groceries we needed. When life gets busy... Or when you just want to feel like royalty and have someone do it for you, there's Instacart. Get $10 off your first order when you sign up at workingconversations.com forward slash Instacart. Now, back to the show. Let me wax philosophical about the nature of goals at this point. So often we go into the new year with unrealistic goals. In fact, we often call them New Year's resolutions. And most of them fail, badly, within the first few weeks of the new year. So I want to encourage you to take a different approach. Number one, set realistic goals. I like to think of goals as falling into one of three categories. Small but significant, medium and meaningful, and large and logical. And for those large goals, they need to be grounded in reality and logic. That's why I call them large and logical. And ideally, they need to be broken down into smaller, more achievable goals. That way you get small wins along the way and you feel like you're making significant progress when you're working towards something big, where your progress might not be as visible, as easy to spot. Number two, 
understand how those goals break down into those smaller steps and write them down. What are realistic steps that you can take each month, each week, each day? Break it down into something that granular. A few years back, when I was writing my most recent book, Head On, How to Approach Difficult Conversations Directly, I had a bulleted list of over 300 steps in getting the manuscript written, edited, and ready for the publisher. I'm talking that kind of granularity. Then you always know what to do next, and you can always stay in perpetual motion on your project, on your goal. Number three, plan for how you will celebrate your accomplishments. How will you acknowledge yourself for a job well done? If you've ever been in one of my management training classes, you've probably heard me say, what gets acknowledged gets repeated. I talk about that when I talk about giving feedback to your employees. (laughs) And if you're a parent, it works for your kids too. What gets acknowledged gets repeated. When we reinforce positive action that someone else has taken, it's likely that they will take more of that positive action. And it works on ourselves too. When we celebrate and acknowledge ourselves for a job well done, the reward mechanism in our brain fires. Dopamine is released. It's our body's natural feel-good drug. And that deeply reinforces whatever behavior that we just took, that that is one we want to do again so that we can get that dopamine hit again soon. So plan for how you will celebrate your accomplishments and reward yourself. So dream and scheme for sure. And then bring it back to reality. Set those goals that are meaningful and achievable for the coming year. Break them down into step-by-step processes for you to follow. And then do the steps and be ready to celebrate your achievements. The third part of planning for the coming year is a tool called My Ideal Week. What does an ideal week look like for you in 2023? Chart it out. Take a sheet of paper and make seven columns one for each day of the week, or grab a blank week-at-a-glance calendar off the interwebs. Plot out what your ideal week looks like. What's your morning routine? What do you eat for breakfast if you do eat breakfast? And the same goes for lunch. What will you eat? Where and with whom? What kind of work appointments and meetings will you have in the course of each day? What other work activities will you engage in? What do you do after work each day? Do you go to the gym? Do you have dinner with friends? Are you home with the family? Family game night once a week? Date night with your sweetheart? Get specific. And don't forget to chart out the ideal weekend too. Are you on a quick ski getaway? Traveling hundreds of miles to watch your kid play in a lacrosse tournament? Are you home and going to CrossFit? Or perhaps gardening? Cooking up new recipes in your kitchen? Playing some golf? Again, get specific. Chart it all out in your ideal week. Is it realistic? (laughs) Not entirely, but that's not the point. The point is that you know with some degree of certainty what you actually want, what a life well-lived looks like for you in the coming year. Rather than letting life happen to you, both at work and at home, you have something to benchmark against. And then you'll recognize it when you see it, when it happens. So let's say your ideal breakfast is steel-cut oatmeal with fresh blueberries that you picked yourself. 
When that happens, your brain will say, hey, we're doing this. We're making part of our ideal week happen. And then (laughs) you probably know what will happen next. The reward center of the brain lights up and floods with dopamine. And then you're wondering what else you can make happen from that ideal week. Let me share with you a few of the details from my ideal week. Monday and Tuesday are work from home days. Monday, I'm creating, recording a podcast, writing new material for a speech, checking in with my team, making sure the details for the events coming up during the week have all been attended to and that there are not any last minute changes to my schedule, or if there are, I know what they are. I catch my daughter's swim meet after school and I have dinner with my family. Tuesday, I'm delivering a training program to a client via Zoom. Yes, I have clients who will continue to stick with distance delivery of training, largely because it's less expensive and more convenient for their attendees, people attending from a wide geographic region. I drive my son to baseball practice in the evening, and I catch up with a friend while he's at practice. Wednesday's a travel day. I may be traveling to the east or west coast to a client site or at a conference to speak. That evening when I arrive, I have dinner with a friend who lives in the city I'm visiting, And depending on who the client is, I might have invited them to watch me speak the next day. Thursday, I give that keynote speech and attend a dinner or a networking reception with the client. If I've arranged additional consulting work or personal business in that city or region, I'll stay on to Friday for that work. Otherwise, I'll fly home late Thursday or early Friday, depending on Thursday's client engagement. Friday, if I'm home, I'll engage in any back office work that needs to be done, signing contracts, preparing for the following week's events, and so forth. I'll shut down my work week mid-afternoon on Friday, feeling satisfied that my work got done to the best of my ability, that I brought tremendous value to my clients, and I fulfilled on my promise to make work life better for my clients and their employees through my work. Friday evening, I'll alternate between being with my family and having a family dinner some Fridays, and having date night with my sweetie on other Friday nights. On Saturday, I'll do a yoga class in the morning, I'll enjoy coffee afterward with a friend, and I'll spend the afternoon watching my son's baseball game. In the evening, I'll make something delicious on the grill for my family, and after that, we'll go for a twilight swim together just after the sun sets. At some point during the weekend, I will also catch up by phone with my oldest son who doesn't live nearby. Hopefully my example gives you the flavor of an ideal week. It's a really fun and inspiring exercise to do, especially this time of year, as we look forward to what a new year will bring. Again, I want to encourage you to listen or re-listen to episode 36, Get a Jump Start on 2022 in order to get a model for how to position yourself for success for what you want to have happen in your life in the coming year. It's a great supplement and complement to this episode. As a quick recap, here are the very pragmatic steps that we just talked about for getting a jumpstart on your 2023. Number one, put anything that you know or want in the calendar, spring break, family vacation, grandpa's 75th birthday, all that stuff. Number two, dream and scheme and create goals for the coming year. Remember, realistic goals. No New Year's resolutions allowed. Break the goals down into tiny, easily doable steps. And number three, 
Plan your ideal week, including taking steps towards your goals and celebrating your achievements as they unfold. As the November wind whips today and the snow flies outside my window, I will be taking these three steps on myself, plotting it in my calendar, dreaming and scheming, and creating my ideal week so that I can have the most amazing 2023 possible. I wish the same for you, my dear listeners. Until next time, be well. Thanks so much for listening. If you like what you're hearing on the podcast, head on over to Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts and give us five stars and a quick review. It really makes a difference and it keeps us bringing you valuable content that you can put into play in your life. I'm Dr. Janelle Anderson, and this is Working Conversations.